It's time to lock in. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, exciting, thrilling finish. Live from Mobile, Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP presents 99 yards away. Win this game for one another. The final drive with Corey Labounty and Michael Bronner. Do your job and play together. The final drive. Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it! Welcome to hour number three of the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Corey LeBounty, along with my producer, Michael Brauner, joining you on this Tuesday evening now. want to thank everyone for having us locked in. And, of course, you can correspond with us on the WNSP app, or you can give us a call at 251-694-1055. And as we get ready to approach SEC Media Days next week in Nashville, Tennessee, it's always great to catch up with SEC legends and a legendary man not only in faith, family, and football, former head coach of the Ole Miss Rebels and the Duke Blue Devils, and, of course, one of the greatest assistant coaches in Tennessee volunteer football history. David Cutcliffe is our guest this evening on the final drive. Coach, good evening. Always a pleasure to talk with you. Well, thank you, Corey. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, and it makes me feel like I'm in Mobile, which is one of the great places that, through the years, college football seems to have always carried me, recruiting and loved hearing all those football sounds. You're getting me ready, man. Absolutely, Coach. I, I know we have a lot of people say, hey, look, we're looking at Riley Leonard right here from Fairhope, Alabama, the type of season he had a year ago at Duke. Of course, you being instrumental and influential in him coming to play for the Blue Devils. And when you hear a young man like that that is even being mentioned for Heisman Trophy candidacy and just knowing that he just came back to Fairhope a couple of weeks ago to bring his offensive lineman down with him to get back to the youth, how does that make you feel, Coach? Well, that's, that's Riley. That's Riley's family. I'm always cautious to talk about now somebody else's player, but I recruited Riley hard and coached him a year, and I love him and, and know he and his family very well. I, I'm not surprised uh, by anything that Riley accomplishes. And he is one of the um, most positive, likable leaders, and he's a leader. Now, he's demanding, but he's one of the more positive, likable leaders I've ever been around. And uh He's he's got a real shot at being special. Well, I tell you, Coach, you had some special times at your stop in Knoxville, Tennessee, and one of those being led oh. by former Williamson great quarterback T. Martin, and of course T. learned Absolutely. a lot from somebody named Peyton Manning, and was able to get you guys to the mountaintop in 1998. And when you see T. Martin now having an opportunity to coach someone like Lamar Jackson in the NFL as a quarterback's coach, once again, 
does that just not give you the heebie-jeebies in regards to <laughs> knowing that a great leader when he was 21 years old is now a great leader of other young men and men in the NFL as well? Yeah, again, I'm I'm not surprised. It gives me goosebumps. I absolutely love it. And T is one of the genuine good people uh, on the face of the earth. And he was when he was young. Um, obviously a great athlete, great player, but it went way beyond that. And I am so happy that he's coaching the quarterback. And Lamar Jackson, what goes through my mind, man, how lucky are you? Be very, very coachable, Lamar. And, uh, you know, so T's a guy that, in my opinion, should be a head football coach somewhere. And he, he has that kind of leadership quality, that kind of football knowledge. He and I, through the years when he was a young coach, we talked a lot of football. And um, he's a good all-around person and a good all-around football coach is what you need in our head coaches today. We're speaking to David Cutcliffe, former head coach at Ole Miss, head coach at Duke, offensive coordinator at Tennessee. Coach, I have to ask you another question about Peyton Manning. I mean, when you had a chance to be his offensive coordinator at Tennessee, did you know just how special he was going to be? Yeah, I mean, it didn't take long Um on the field, off the field, um, I would say the most coachable person that I've ever coached. Uh, he was a sponge. And, you know, we remained in that role for 18 years of his pro career. He would come back and stay a week or more. And then when he transitioned out after the surgery, he moved in with us. And again, just an amazingly coachable person that is much more physically gifted. You know, people don't realize how good an athlete he is. His muscle memory, his ability to, the sense of balance and gravity and the footwork, uh, great athlete. Sometimes people assume great athlete means a guy that can run, you know, four or five. And that, that there's more to it than that. And uh, I get irritated sometimes when people don't realize that about Peyton. Coach, you've also had the opportunity to have family in football. We know how strong the roots and the ties are in the Manning family from a quarterback position. And I know that you have spread your knowledge down to your son, and he was the head coach and had an opportunity to be in the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game last year that was held right here at Hancock-Whitney Stadium you as a father watching your son really coach the game in high school and going back to your days as the head coach at Banks High School in, in Birmingham, d do you see any reflection or mirror image of yourself or has the game totally changed from when you were the head coach in high school to where when your son is the head coach now? No, I think I think the game is going to change, but I see a bunch of reflection um, and it was it's an interesting thing. He he coached with us a, a year at Duke, and he he could be an outstanding college football coach. I mean, he's gifted. But he came to me, and he had just gotten married, and he said, Dad, Molly and I um, just don't want to get to where we're having to move all over the country to have a family, raise children, 
um, he she was his high school sweetheart. He said, "We want to go back to Oxford. That they'll hire me there." And he became, you know, an assistant coach there. Then later to become the head coach and has done a great job, won a state championship. Then he looked at me and he asked me something. He said, am I settling? I said, Chris, settling? I said, you're about to take on the greatest profession on the face of the earth. I said, you're going to teach math and coach football? Do you realize how many times in the Bible that Jesus refer is referred to as teacher? I said, I am so proud of you. And that's really all I ever wanted to be. And I'll be honest with you, as a college football coach, I felt the obligation to continue to be a teacher, which means you're, you're all aspects of a person, right? I mean, that's what we want our best teachers to be. And I'm so proud of him because he's not only a great football coach, he has been a great math teacher and he was a brilliant math student. So yeah, I'm really proud of him. Coach, you're a guy who has always kind of been known as a quarterback guru, and you've been around for, for so long. I mean, the list of quarter I mean, not only the Manning brothers, but, you know, Heath Schuler, T. Martin, all the way to Daniel Jones. I mean, just how – I'm so curious to know your perspective on how the quarterback position, have how you've seen it evolve over your all your years in coaching. Well, you know, we've gone from my era from being under the center where cadence was very verbal. Um, very, very much, um, you know, you, you did more in cadence at quarterback under the center. You communicated more. You actually changed plays more often. There were more ways to do that. And um, it, it's an interesting thing. I had to transition along with these other quarterbacks to a shotgun era, which has been great. But your protection circumstance is better in the shotgun. But what I did, I think if I did anything really well, was I trained quarterbacks from the neck up and the neck down. And I never ignore the neck down. Let's start with the fundamentals. I still teach them what a drop is from under the center and how, how your shoulders should turn and where your eyes need to be and reading through the middle of the field. And, you know, there's so many little things that you have to do uh, mechanically well and it starts from the ground up and your hands, your fingers, you throw a football with your fingers. But from the, the, the chest, I mean, excuse me, from the shoulders up, that mind, it's always busy. As soon as the play's over, it's got to get busy. We have a process that we go through as soon as the play ends and you use that time. You need every second you can get. And that's what I've trained guys through the years and it's why they come back from the NFL is just kind of get those those processes right. And I've learned as they've learned, and where I've learned the most is from our players because they're the functional part. And when they say, hey, coach, have you thought about this? I'm like, wow, that's brilliant. And I would tell all young coaches, learn from the functional part of your position, whatever position you coach. And then you have to be, as I said, a great teacher, coach every inch of them as a person and a player. And I believe that's why we've been successful with the quarterbacks and we've got a good system and we've, you know, we, we know that the most important thing about any play is that when the play's over, we have possession of the ball. And if a guy doesn't believe that, he's not going to play for us. 
And um, sometimes they tend to forget that when they get off running in the NFL. And I kind of have to, you know, get a little chokehold there and go back to coaching them hard. So uh, it's an interesting thing. I love it. I, I miss it, you know, to be real honest with you. But I'm, I'm liking what I'm doing. You know, I can influence a lot of people and, and coaches and hopefully influence our game and help administrators see how coaches and players see things and all of that. So I, I really believe I'm doing important work in that regard. So I'm not going to whine about not coaching. Speaking with David Cutcliffe, again, special assistant to the Commissioner for Football Relations in the Southeastern Conference and, of course, former head football coach at Ole Miss and Duke University. A, a lot of people forget the fact that, you know, you are a graduate from the University of Alabama. So, absolutely, course, growing up in Birmingham, knowing what, one of the greatest coaches of all time, Paul Bear Bryant, means not only to this state but to the history of college football. And then having a chance to to see Nick Saban take over from his his dominance at LSU, winning the national championship, then flipping it over and coming back, and the process being turned at Alabama, and then then seeing another goat when you're on the campus of Duke University and Coach Shashevsky. How would you say <laughs> that Coach sure. K and, and Coach Saban, you know, two goats of their sports, and even Coach Bryant, if you could make that triangle of coaches there. I know John Wooden had pyramids to success, but the link there from Bear Bryant to Nick Saban to Coach Shashevsky all coming across your path. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I can I can tell you uh, the similarities that that change everything. They um, they don't miss any of the little things. Uh, they they were all or were and and are uh, great teachers. Um, I had to coach against Nick, and I'll just tell you this: as a defensive coach, coaching against him. I've always graded defensive coaches as an offensive guy. You know, everybody can teach them, you know, what to do and how to do it. But you're special when you can teach them why they're doing it. And I think Nick understands the fact that a great teacher inspires learning. And they want to know why they're doing something. And I've watched him practice and been around him, and, and, and he does just that. I think he's a great on the field practice coach. He's obviously great on game day, but uh, I think that's that's a big part of the success. Shesky's practices, uh, the the same thing, uh, the the detail, the demands, um, the standards that are expected, you know. And and I think, you know, this was Coach Bryant. This I believe is 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 Coach Saban. And I certainly know it was Coach Krzyzewski. Um The habits that matter are the collective habits of a team. Um, if you do that, you've got a program. And that's why they sustain winning. That's a program. There's a difference. And sadly now we're in the midst of an era where things change so much year to year. People are just trying to have a good team. And I certainly understand that. Don't blame them. But to, to watch Coach Bryant, you know, build a program firsthand was such a great lesson for me. And to be able to 
be around Mike Krzyzewski. And I'll tell you, you know, my time with Johnny Majors, he had a lot of those those same qualities. Um, it wasn't an accident they won a national championship at Pitt. And, you know, it's uh, it, it's been a fun ride that way. And, you know, I think the most important thing is as a coach, and, and I listen at every practice, say what you mean and mean what you say, and then you have consistency. And that's the only way you're going to win consistently is to have consistency. Because what we become, you know how those, remember the coaches used to tell you, practice doesn't make perfect, perfect make practice make yeah. perfect. Well, there is no such thing, and I got tired of that because I never reached perfection. <laughs> so what I came up with is that practice makes permanent. We become what we repeatedly do. And I tell you, Aristotle knew that in 380 B.C. He could have been a heck of a ball coach. He knew how important <laughs> good reps were, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the, the – the, the, it's, it's not the X's and O's or the super knowledge. Yeah, you got to have knowledge of strategy and, and, and schemes, but it, it's the standards. It's the little things. And um, – that are consistently demanded. When a coach says, you know, put your hand behind the line, everybody in that program has to put their hand behind the line. Everybody, not 99%. When they say finish through the line, it doesn't mean to it. You know, these are the things that we, we taught all along, and I was, they're not original. I was blessed to have been taught these things along the way. So, um, yeah, I just – I'm thrilled to watch. I, I love to go watch Coach Saban coach on the field. I just think he's tremendous on the practice field. And, and there are others in our league. But, you know, it's fun. I go – you know, I went last spring to 16 schools. So I made a visit to Texas and Oklahoma and watched everybody work and see what's going on and see if I can help anybody or anything and – that was kind of fun, to tell you the truth. It's a grind, but it was a lot of fun. Speaking to Coach David Cutcliffe, former head coach at Ole Miss as well as Duke University. Coach Cutcliffe, when you took over for Tommy Tuberville at Ole Miss, you know, you're able to get Eli Manning to come play for you. And I'm just so curious. Obviously, you coached both Manning brothers. I mean, how were they similar and how were they different in terms of, you know, how you had to coach them and, and how you had, to, you know, both on the field and off the field? Sure. Well, their their talent is obviously very similar. Eli is a different person, you know, and and I approached him quite differently than than I did Peyton. They're both great leaders. Is another similarity, and one of the habits they have. We're talking practice habits. Is they have the ability to make every rep like a game. So when when I would go watch Eli, and I'm going to use him even after he left Ole Miss. He had an effect on the New York Giants. Their practice habits on offense got better. And it was very obvious where it came from. And, and his coaches knew that. And Eli, uh, the difference is Peyton was so entrenched in the history of football and all the rich traditions. And, you know, we would be somewhere playing and he would say, you know, you remember such such play. Eli can care less about the history. He just wanted to play the game, you know, and um, and I, that that served him well because just think he was following his dad at Ole Miss, who the campus speed limit was his dad's jersey number. Okay, and he'd follow.
Campbell and his brother, who was an All-American in the SEC. And those are not easy tasks. And, uh, you know, I haven't asked Arch. I've talked to Arch, and I know Arch well. But, you know, I'm, I wasn't surprised that Arch not trying to follow a footstep exactly. You, you understand what I'm saying. So he's going to get the benefit of being in the league, but it, but in an entirely different environment. So who knows? Uh, you know, what he will do yet. I, I w- quit, wish people wouldn't put so much pressure on him. I, I tell him, I said, two things to focus on when you start college football that I told your uncles and I told every player I ever coached. Two things to focus on. Go in as a freshman and try to be the best teammate on the team. Go in as a freshman and make sure that football's still fun to you. Because if it's not, you're making a big mistake. You'll never be as good as you should be. So that's kind of where I would hope people leave him alone and, and let him do that. He'll definitely have time to develop for sure. And part of your development started at Banks High School in Birmingham, Alabama. And, you know, you can't talk Banks High School without talking Coach Shorty White and, and what he meant to the Banks Jets. And the, the most historic football game really in the state of Alabama's history in high school football when there were over 42,000 people flooding Legion Field when you had Jeff Rutledge playing Woodlawn. Just talk about what it means to be a high school coach and how pure it is. You you talked about your son now coaching, but what Banks meant to you and and the roots that it gave you and how it propelled you to your role today. Well, it was it was Coach White certainly, and and I miss him. I was a pallbearer at his funeral. He was very meaningful to all of us. Um, you know, I learned things, talking about little things. Everything mattered. You, you had to have your locker a certain way every day. We were responsible for cleaning the locker room as players, including toilets and urinals. Um, you, Every, everything in his equipment room was folded the same. Uh, the, the reason he won state championships and put so many football players, not only in the SEC but the NFL, were those consistent demands. And then he hired great assistant football coaches that I'm still friends with today that were my mentors. And I'm very close to, to those guys and admire them. And I knew I lost my dad in high school uh, in a a car wreck at 15, and I I knew I wanted to be like those men. And so I I wanted to be Coach Bryant. I'll be honest with you, that kind of started me toward the path. And then I knew, hey, and I thought more realistically, I can. and I became the head coach at Banks. I sat in Coach White's chair. I was scared to death, you know, (laughs) 23 years old, then turned 24. That's frightening. but 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 a great experience, and I'm still close to those players today, and they're very meaningful uh, to me. I, I I tell them all the time, you know, thank goodness you put up with with me developing as a coach, and and we had success, and most importantly, we we developed life, lifetime relationships, and I think that's what happens in high school. And I'm gonna go out to dinner here real soon with six or seven of my teammates and uh, one of the pluses of being back in the, the area and uh, yeah banks banks is a special special memory and place for me and it was like the perfect place and time that we all happened to be there faculty 
Lord, we had great teachers. And uh, so I, I'm so blessed. My path has been so blessed that, that I've owed trying to be my best to all of those folks. Well, I'll tell you what, Coach, it doesn't get any better than you as far as being a mentor to so many young men that are now adults as well and, and are really following in your footsteps. So you have definitely went, you give people their flowers while they're still living. And that's why I love the fact that you're you're so very accessible and you're always willing to to sit down and, and have a conversation. And coach, that, that means not only the world to me, but to your former players as well that I know speak so highly of you and, and or have gone on to, to bigger and brighter things, not only in their faith, but in their families and in the football world as well. Yeah, and, and I'm going to add their futures. Our four S for faith, family, your futures, your futures players, not us coaches, and then football. And we won a lot of games and championships. We got a lot of rings in doing it that way. And we've got kids that were born into nothing, you know, making – upper six figures, which I'm, <laughs> that blows my mind. I, I get down on my knees and thank the good Lord for that. And uh, you're right, we all have a chance as teachers, educators, coaches uh, to do this thing right. And I hope coaches can, can continue to feel that way. Well, I know how we feel about you here at WNSP and how I feel about you, Coach. I can't thank you enough. I love you, brother. I appreciate your time. Hopefully, Lord willing, I'll have an opportunity to catch up with you at SEC Media Days in Nashville next week and, again, see you face-to-face. -face. Coach, always a pleasure talking with the one and only David Cutcliffe here on the final drive. Thank you again, Coach. Thank you, Corey. Y'all have a great rest of your day. Be blessed. Coach David Cutcliffe Bye -bye. joining us this evening on the final drive, and we'll be right back. Hello, Mobile. This is Damian Craig, and I'm listening to Sports Station WNSP.